Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of the 4K Podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk about problems a 1K plan sponsor may not be aware of because they think everything is okay. Of course, first things first, let's talk about the events coming up. January 21, we will be in Las Vegas at the New York, New York Hotel and Casino. Special guest, NBA Hall of Famer Spencer Haywood, former Nick, former Laker. I think he was a former Sonic. I'll have to look at the Wikipedia before uh, I get to Las Vegas. Um, January 21st. Uh, at the New York, New York Hotel Casino, uh, for those who uh, want to partake, I think a couple of us are going to go to the Golden Knights game the night before against the Montreal Canadiens. Um, let me know if interested. Uh, the following week after that, that 4K National Virtual Conference, we'll do it all Zoom on the 27th, 28th of January. Uh, looking forward to it. Um, last year was a lot of fun. A lot of different presentations and whatnot, so it should be interesting. And of course, uh, we did book June 24th for that 4K conference in Miami. Um, that will be at Lone Depot Park, which is Marlins Park. We'll let you know about the special guest when it's available. Go to that 4 site.com for further information about the Las Vegas event, the National Virtual Event. Miami should be up there soon. Um, and then, you know, looking towards... Uh, you know, finishing up the other dates that we're going to book. October will be in Charlotte. November we will be in New Orleans. And then it's a matter of, you know, uh, adding some cities and whatnot. And uh, Phoenix looks like uh, it should certainly be a go. Milwaukee, Cincinnati, Seattle. We'll see how it goes. And, of course, cognizance that Major League Baseball will have a lockout probably starting December the 2nd. So, uh, we'll see what happens and how that will affect the dates. I'm hoping that the players and the owners will come to some sort of agreement before spring training should open. Um, you know, usually when you have an early lockout like that, that's what happens. Happened in the NFL, and um, hopefully it won't affect us. And of course, go to that foreignkside.com for further information on all our live events. Um, plan sponsors. Um, are interesting a lot. Um, if they're not involved in the retirement plan industry at all, you know, they're not, you know, they don't have ERISA lawyers on staff. Uh, they don't have other plan priors, providers at staff on staff. It's, it's pretty hard for them to understand the ramifications of issues surrounding their retirement plan. You know, plan sponsor, uh, plan sponsors that, you know, don't realize the problems they have. It just reminds me of a, you know, a certain relative that I had who, uh, Never wanted to go to a doctor because going to a doctor meant that they were sick. And if you're sick, that there's something wrong, you know, going on with you. Um, you know, and I, I thought that it was always silly because, you know, avoiding a doctor, um, you know, uh, people may have symptoms that are not aware of. Um, they may think something is one thing and it's quite the other. I mean, uh, I always think of my buddy Richard Larita who, uh, you know, for the longest time was ill, coughing up and whatnot. And... He realized, uh, you know, in January of 07 that he had um, colon cancer. Uh, he had colon cancer that had spread to his liver. By So by January, he got the diagnosis. By March something or whatever it was, he was dead. And so I always think that that's kind of silly. But, you know, plant sponsors are always... Uh, I wouldn't compare death to uh, the, the, the vitality of a retirement plan. Well, plan sponsors assume that everything's okay. 
um, and you know it's just wrong for them to 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 assume anything. Um, there's so many hidden problems out there that a plan sponsor, again, unless they are involved in a retirement plan business, plan business, have no idea what's going on. Unfortunately, uh, when errors are usually discovered, plan sponsors tend to have, um, again, that false sense of security. Um, their plan providers, um, especially their TPAs, are saying, you know, everything's okay. And... Um, the problem is that sometimes when we have these hidden errors, sometimes it's the plan provider who's hidden these errors, or the plan pro provider, most of the time the plan providers are unaware of it. So when we think about our CPA, CPA makes lots of mistakes, uh, bad TPAs do. And, you know, nine times out of ten, these errors are undetected by the plan providers, by, by the TPA. And obviously the reason is if they made this error, they're quite unaware of it. It's kind of like me with my articles. Um, I had a very good article a few weeks back that I was really proud of, and uh, you run it through Grammarly and, and, and whatnot, and a couple of advisors said, oh, you know, there are two or three errors over here. And um, I, uh, Like I told Josh Itzo, who is one of those guys who sent me the article with the typos corrected and whatnot, uh, I always say it's something where I could read it a thousand times because I wrote it. It was right in front of my face. I can't see it. TPAs are the same as well. Um, that, so the problem, obviously, is that with that false sense of security, plan sponsor will not, you know, review the work of their TPA, and that means that plan errors might be discovered uh, quite a few years um, later. And unfortunately, when those errors are discovered, it's discovered by the new TPA, or it's discovered under an IRS deal audit. Now. When you can fix the errors as they happen, it's less costlier than when they're fixed later down the line because, number one, uh, the opportunities to correct errors, let's say an ADP test, you have the right to refunds. If you detect that error uh, and you discover that you failed the ADP test years later, the refund issue is, is out, of, out of time, and so therefore you're uh, forced to make a QNAC, which could be comparatively expensive for a plan sponsor. And, of course... If an error is discovered in an IRS or DOL audit, obviously um, there are penalties involved um, a lot of times with an IRS deal audit. Obviously, another issue that plan sponsors are not aware of is missing plan documents and amendments. Um, and again, I'll always go back to that Bernie Core joke. Bernie Core was my professor in civil procedure and bankruptcy classes at the American University of Washington College of Law, by far my favorite professor at law school, human. I still forgive him for giving me a C plus and Civ Pro one, which Civil Procedure one, which I thought was the end of the world. But we were a school that didn't have minus grades. My C plus effectively was like a B minus. Not my proudest moment. Uh, one of the things that when you when you think in life about you know I, when I was younger, I, I always thought you know something was the end of the world. That C plus for Civil Procedure is the end of the world and. Quite honestly, you know, 26 years later, the only person who brings it up is me. Uh, the only per person that it's relevant to is, is me because I'm still ticked off about it. But Bernie Coral in bankruptcy class had a running joke. He said the bankruptcy code was changed every few years because bankruptcy attorneys need to eat too. And, you know, the running joke about the six-year cycle for volume plans and, and prototype documents for DC plans that were coming across uh, and we're finishing on July 31st, 
the issue is, is obviously uh, these plain documents keep ERISA attorneys like me in business. You know, seriously, you know, there are so many changes in the Internal Revenue Code over the years, and that's why the IRS has required this, uh, you know, six-year cycle. We're on cycle three because IRS didn't have any really great laws that we could have an acronym uh, to use for the uh, latest cycle of retirement plan documents. So again, plain documents tend to be every six years, every one or two years, there needs to be an ancillary amendment uh, adopted. Uh, the problem with these many changes is there's bound to be um, an amendment or restatement that may be missing. Uh, sometimes the amendments and restatements have been done, but the plan sponsor failed to properly uh, uh, you know, sign them. Uh, regardless of uh, whether the amendments or restatements were done or weren't signed, uh, it's a huge compliance error. I are, uh, the Internal Revenue Service believes that if a plan document or a plan amendment is missing, in their eyes, it never was done. Um, that's why uh, it's a serious error that certainly should be uh, fixed during a uh, voluntary compliance program because obviously on audit, it's probably expensive to fix. Of course, um, even if a plan sponsor has all their plan documents, another problem is when they don't operating according to their terms. You know, you have a written plan document, you have to follow it. Uh, so it's surprising how many times a plan isn't operating according to its terms. The provisions may deal with eligibility, contributions, vesting, or something as simple as not annually allocating plan forfeitures. Many times this error happens because when a TPA gets a plan document from a client, uh, they may put the terms of the plan document down incorrectly on the system because they only rely what's on the computer than what's in the plan document. So when I work for a certain TPA out in New York, um, it goes back to that Ronnie Dangerfield joke that I love about, uh, you know, uh, highlighting books uh, in back to school because maybe the person highlighting it was a maniac. The problem in the TPA world where I was at, a certain TPA, uh, the woman in charge of convert onboarding, I guess, or it was like the onboarding. She wasn't conversions. That was Steve Bloom. But the onboarding, uh, and Steve Bloom uh, uh, always did a fantastic job. The onboarding person, she was the one responsible for taking the plan document and uh, putting it on the system. And I don't think she was a maniac, but she was one of the, uh, I, I, wrote, I wrote a book, I wrote a chapter, you know, the, the truly vicious people. It was one of the books I wrote. It was the truly vicious people you work at. She was just nasty and backstabbing for, I don't know what the point was. But anyway, I remember there was one plan it was um, a fancy carpet manufacturer. They did like, you know, really fancy high-end carpets. And one of the big pet peeves from the previous TPA is that there was unlimited loans. And so I put in the plan document, we were going to only allow one loan outstanding at a time. Well, she puts it on the system as unlimited loans. Somebody with seven loans outstanding called up our service and ask for a new loan. And of course, since they don't read the plan document, they look what on the system was, and the system said unlimited plan loans, and so therefore uh, they wanted a new loan. And of course, the plan sponsor hit the roof, 
and the uh, person, the maniac who put the person put put the information on the system. Her name was Norma. She said, "I did it. Uh, the plan document was drafted incorrectly." And of course, threw me right on the bus. And of course, the plan document had one line outstanding. She just was a complete and utter moron and got the information down wrong. So this is how mistakes happen. Um, you know, uh, if information is incorrectly put on the system as to the, per, the plan document, or there were errors in the drafting, because, you know, risk attorneys do make mistakes, um, it's a problem when you don't follow a plan document according to its terms. And it's either got to be done through self-correction or the Internal Revenue Services Voluntary Compliance Program, which, of course, means that's depending on the error. Um, you know, and the problem is, is that a plan sponsor um, without any background or time plan business isn't going to pick this up this error. Next, incorrect or missing compliance tests. Um, obviously, the sign of a good TPA are compliance tests that are uh, done proficiently, done correctly. Um, there are no issues. When we're dealing with bad TPAs, we have um, missing compliance tests or Compliance tests that were done incorrectly. Uh, sometimes it's as a result actually of a bad TV. Sometimes it's as a result of a bad plan sponsor that provides incorrect information. Because I always say with testing, sometimes garbage in, garbage out. Um, and of course, according to uh, the Internal Revenue Code, plans have to go through these annual compliance tests to make sure that the plan doesn't discriminate in favor of highly compensated employees. Um, you know, ADP, ACP, coverage, uh, top heavy, these are just some of the tests out there. Um, and, you know, a big issue was missing tests, um, and, you know, uh, incorrect, uh, tests, tests that were done with incorrect information or testing mistakes made by the TPA. Years ago, I was, um, working in a union law firm. We had a client, it was a union that spun off another union and a very big, um, Mutual fund company was the TPA, um, and they assumed because the large plan was Safe Harbor, then the plan that spun off was Safe Harbor. That was incorrect. The plan document was drafted without Safe Harbor language. Problem is, the uh, this mutual fund company didn't perform the uh, ADP and top-heavy test. So I was in charge of getting a company to do the testing. Thankfully, they didn't fail uh, the ADP and top-heavy tests, but that's an example of when uh, a test isn't done. Uh, and again, you know, they're either not done or they're done incorrectly. Um, I've had, you know, information, you know, where the plan sponsor incorrectly identified people as um, uh, as key employees. They improperly identified. They claimed they had no members of control group when they did. So, I mean, these are the types of problems that, you know, these are errors that are done on the plan sponsor side. But, you know, of course, the TPA makes their share of uh, mistakes as well. Um, you know, the problem with, you know, these errors are they're costlier. If they go through the voluntary compliance program, that's costlier because they're going to pay the IRS a fee. Um, and, of course, it's even more costlier when these errors are discovered on a government audit. They're not fun. Next on the hit list, plan sponsors and not providing the required notices. Plan participants have rights and they're required to get certain notices about their plan. Um, it could be something as simple as an SPD, 
uh, I think I talked about earlier a few weeks back about a relative um, who had issues with uh, an employer that terminated them because of COVID and didn't, uh, it was some cockamamie excuse dealing with an employer contribution and they uh, said that the, that person was missing participant when they weren't. Well, that relative never got a copy of the SPD. And when they made the complaint with the Department of Labor, the employer still did not provide a copy of the SPD at the time they were a participant. They went through a restatement process because they changed TPAs. So many required notices out there, SPDs, safe harbor notices, um, fee disclosure, uh, SMM, uh, SAR. Uh, there are a lot of plan notices out there that plan sponsors not even aware of. And TPAs, if they're not very good at what they do, they don't know about it as well. Um, the IRS is not really care, caring that much about safe harbor notices as much anymore, especially with a non-elective requirement out the window. They're not really quite caring about SPDs and stuff like that. But I will tell you the Department of Labor is because the Department of Labor is all about enforcing participant rights on the RISA. So therefore, that's why plan sponsors need to get that stuff squared away. Last but not least, problems in the fiduciary process. Again, uh, I will always talk about it until until I retire from this business. I will mention my old law firm and Pat, the HR director, who took me aside and said, Ari, can you look at the plan? I looked at the plan and I said, I look at these mutual funds. These Who, who picked these funds? They, they look kind of old and, um, you know, I'm not a... You know, I don't have a series series seven or sixty three or whatnot, but I know an old mutual fund when I could see it. And Pat said, "Well, you know, we don't have a financial advisor in the plan, and these funds were picked out by an ERISA partner ten years ago, um, and you know, they didn't provide provide the employees any education. There was no IPS. Blah 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 blah. Of course, I come in. I recommend hiring an advisor. Still to this day." Still ticks me off because Pat Pat annoyed the crap out of me, and, and and the reason I bring it up is because I I always talk about you know insecurities and whatnot, and I will say that in my career the biggest insult I ever received was Pat when Pat didn't listen to my recommendations on you know I gave her a, a list of a handful of advisors she didn't hire them she hired somebody else. Um, she didn't tell me they were changing TPAs, and um, if you, of course, read my articles, you will know that I've made light of this situation for many, many years since. Uh, I once saw Pat, uh, their offices, that law firm's offices in the same office as my allergist, so one time I saw Pat in the elevator, and boy, did she give me a dirty look, and years later, when the plan had serious issues, uh, I was uh, called up by the other trustee of the plan to look at their problems. I don't know how a safe harbor plan has problems, but uh, wanted me to come into the office and fix it and help out. And I scheduled an appointment and Pat caught the wind of it and canceled it. Listen, I, uh, I understand that, you know, um, this is what happens when you have opinions uh, and express them rub people the wrong way, and, and I get that, but, uh, you know, uh, 
quite honestly, telling the story is, is more fodder for me and kind of helps me through. Uh, and it's part of the shtick. It's part of the story of my practice. Um, you know, these stories are, are legends uh, that I've created. But, um, you know, that plan, uh, with uh, still with having ERISA attorneys at the time, uh, had a plan that, you know, could have, you know, subjected the plan sponsor to liability for not uh, following a prudent fiduciary process, even though the plan was participant-directed. And too many plan sponsors out there still think that because a plan is participant-directed, then they're therefore... Um, uh, protected from liability, uh, which isn't the case. So, um, you know, the legend of Pat will live on as long as my practice lives on. So, um, hope you enjoyed this episode of that 4K podcast. Please sign up. Uh, well, please listen next week. And of course, go to that 4KSEC.com for further information on all uh, my live events, uh, including Miami. And, uh, you know, Start thinking about places you want to go. New Orleans should be fun and whatnot. So I uh, hope you enjoy. Thank you. Take care. Bye.